Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. So the next couple of Sundays, actually uh, today and next week, I really want to talk about this, this idea, if you will, of our, our outreach strategy and what it is we try to do here at Victory in the area of evangelism. And it's just simply invest and invite. Now that's our strategy, invest and invite. Invest in people, build relationships with people, uh, get to know some folks, and then invite them to church, invite them uh, to hear the gospel, invite them to the Lord. So it's just that whole invest and invite strategy. As The more I think about this, and I shared this in the early service as well, we have this invest and invite, but I almost think there needs to be a third word. Instead of the I-2, it almost needs to be I-3. I think it needs to be invest, invite, and invest again, right? Uh, invest, build a relationship with them, invite them to Christ, and once they get connected to the Lord and accept Christ as their Savior and become Christians or get reconnected with the Lord and get connected to the church, then we, all, we need to invest in them some more, and that's discipleship, to help them get some habits and uh, to help them grow in the Lord and uh, just to help them in their journey of faith. So I may be adding on to this a little bit, but it's invest and invite for right now, okay? Hey, by the way, I need to call out Daniel. I just saw him here this morning. Stand up, Daniel. Let me introduce to you our skeet shooting champion right here at our men's retreat. He just shot every clay pigeon that went through the air. He was busting them out of the skies. And man, there was a, all of us were going to do it. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have three rounds of five. Everybody that wants to get involved, come up. You will throw the first five pigeons. You get to shoot them, and then we'll tally up the scores at the end. Well, it's Daniel's turn. He pops up there, and they throw out the first one. Bam, he hits it. Second one, bam, he hits it. Third one, bam, he hits it. Fourth one, bam, he hits it. Fifth one, bam, he hits it. He's five and oh, I hit every one of them. We just put our shotguns down. That's kind of what I did. Uh, except for Aaron, Paul's grandson. I think he came in second in, in the skeet shooting uh, competition. So congratulations for um, the bragging rights there. Uh, i got to practice that some more. I, I think I did hit one all weekend long. I am not good at that, okay? But we had a great time, and Brother Tim McLean donated us a big five-gallon bucket full of shotgun shells, and so we went through about half of those, I think, or, or two-thirds of them. So we had a great time. So I just saw you. I wanted to recognize you real quick. All right, are you there in first, or not first John, but the Gospel of John? I want you to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter number 1. Gospel of John, chapter number 1. I want us to look, we're going to start actually in verse number 29. Instead of verse 35, we're going to start in verse 29, okay? Here we see this invest and invite strategy just unfold for us in the Scripture. And you'll see it here in this particular passage of Scripture. Now, this is John uh, writing, and it says, The next day John... Was, was or saw Jesus coming toward him. I'm in verse 29. And the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is the one I told you about. Everybody say, I told you about. This is the one I, I told you about. So what was John doing? 
John was telling people about the Lord, right? So he's got his following, he's got his disciples, and he's telling them, he's the forerunner of Christ, this is John the Baptist now, and he's telling them about the Messiah, about Christ, and he sees him, and he says, this is the Lamb of God, and he is the one that I told you about. I want you to jump down to verse number 34 in your Bible. And he says this, I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. I love that passage of Scripture because really that's the method. Really just to be a witness, just to see and testify that he is the Son of God. Verse 35, it starts out, it says, again the next day. So here we see John doing the same thing he did before. The first day he's telling his followers and his, those in his sphere of influence, he's telling them about Jesus. He's telling them about the Messiah. And when he literally sees, sees Jesus, he said, hey, there's the guy I was telling you about. That's the Messiah. That's the Lamb of God. That's the Son of God. That's who I was telling you about. It says, again, the next day, in verse 35, John was standing with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus passing by, and he said, look, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Okay? So these two disciples heard John once again talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees him, he draws attention to him, and the two guys that are with John start to follow Jesus. In verse 38, And when Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and you'll see, he replied. So they went. Now let's just stop right there. Here's what I want you to get out of this particular passage of Scripture. I want you to see that this invest and invite strategy is a real simple evangelistic strategy. And here you'll find where these two disciples that were with John called out, were, were called out about or told about the Lord by John the Baptist. And when they saw him, they followed Jesus. Actually, there's another passage or a few more verses that I think I need to read here because let's continue reading. Let's look down um, in verse number 41. Or actually, let me back up to verse number 40. He said, I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. Follow Jesus. Come on down to verse number, my pages right here jumped around on me. Verse number 39. Come and you'll see. He replied, so they went. Now go down to verse 40. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. And he first found his own brother Simon and told him. And he says, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him, he brought Simon to Jesus. Now that's what I want you to see right there. Here we find the disciples that are in John's group. John is telling them about Christ. When he sees Christ, he points out that he is the Christ, and they, he says, this is the Christ. And it says, those two disciples then started following Jesus. Well, one of those disciples was Andrew. And Andrew wanted to tell his brother, Simon, about this man, Jesus, that he was following. And so he tells his brother about Jesus, and then he, in turn, continues to follow the Lord. And by the way, his brother was Peter, one of, the, one of the big disciples in the Bible that you've read a lot about. He came to know the Lord because of his brother, Andrew. So I want you to see the whole strategy of this investing in people, talking to them about Christ, and bringing them to the Lord and seeing them follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, all of us, we've got to have a strategy in our life or we're not going to do anything. 
I mean, you think about, you think about what you're intentional about. You think about different strategies that you have in different compartments in different areas of your life. Let's take your careers, for example. Whether you're in the military or whether you're in the business world or whether you're in the labor world, whatever it is, whatever your career is, there is some type of a strategy that you have in place there so that you can advance in your career, right? I mean, you know, there are tests you take. There are things you study for. There are responsibilities you have to do. There are quotas you have to meet. I mean, you're doing all these different things so that you can advance your career, right? That is a strategy. Let's take your personal life, right? I mean, here we are moving into spring. Summertime's right around the corner. This is the time of year. Actually, January 1st is the time of year, but from there to now, it's the time of year that folks are hitting the gyms and they're working on their diets and they're wanting to drop a few pounds. Why is that? Because we're getting ready to take these heavy coats off, right? We're not going to have anything to hide under. And we know that everybody will see us, so we feel like we need to drop 5 pounds or 10 pounds or 20 pounds or... I went to the doctor the other day, and they said, I need to drop 30 pounds. I thought, really? 30 pounds I need to drop? That's what they told me. I don't know what they're... If I drop 30 pounds, I'm going to look like this pole right here. I, I do need to drop some weight. I personally don't think I need to drop 30. But anyhow, we get intentional. So what do we do? We start working out. We, we go to the gym, we'll, we'll start walking or running, we'll, we'll watch our diet, we'll pay attention to what we're eating. Why are we doing all of that? Because we have a goal. We have something we're trying to do. We're trying to drop a few pounds, so we implement a strategy in order to do that. But whenever it comes to our spiritual life, a lot of times we just go through the motions spiritually. We just show up on Sunday and whatever happens, happens. And we just hope God speaks to us and we just hope something happens spiritually in our life and we're not real intentional about what we do. We don't really have a, a strategy for growing ourselves spiritually, let alone trying to help grow the church or reach out into our community and bring folks that don't know Christ to the Lord. And so we kind of just go through the motions. Well, this is a little bit of our strategy for the spiritual part of our life, okay? Now, I'm not talking about the personal development. I'm not talking about discipleship. I'm talking about reaching out to a community and inviting them to Christ and bringing them to the Lord and bringing them to the church so they too can hear about the Lord, okay? So this is going to be a little bit of our spiritual strategy whenever we think about bringing folks to Christ and introducing them to the Lord. I want to read another passage of Scripture to you. It's found in Acts chapter 20 and verse number 24. Whenever we think about our spiritual mission... Whenever we think about our life, I think this is a great verse that helps reveal that. Look what it says. It says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me to what? Tell people the good news about God's grace. Now, what is my mission according to this verse? My mission is to what? Tell people about the good news, right? Tell people about the good news of God's grace. Just share with people what the Lord has done for us, all right? So that's our mission. So this should be part of our, our spiritual strategy that we do on a regular basis. So I'm going to give you about four steps of this strategy that all of us can implement in carrying out this strategy of invest and inviting folks to church. Listen, Easter Sunday morning is just right around the corner. The easiest Sunday in all of the church year or the calendar year to bring people to church, it's Easter Sunday morning. I mean, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys, by the show of hands in just a moment, how many of you guys either have family members, 
or neighbors or co-workers or someone in your community that you know that they do not go to church anywhere. They just do not go to church on Sunday. How many of you guys know someone like that? Right? We all do. I'm not asking you if they, if they are Christians or if they're believers or, or what, uh, what political party they are. You know, a lot of times we don't engage in these spiritual conversations because, because we just want to keep peace. And so we don't want to talk about anything controversial, right? I remember growing up, my dad said, listen, there's two things you don't need to address with people. Number one is politics and number two is religion, right? Don't mess with any of those. Well, then God calls me into full-time Ministry, right? Guess what my conversation's always with people about, right? The spiritual, the religious, right? But we've got to overcome that fear. So helping you to overcome that fear is realize that one of the easiest Sundays in all of the year to invite folks to church is Easter Sunday morning. So I want you to take part of this strategy that I'm going to share with you today. And my prayer is for all of us as we leave here that we go out into our sphere of influence, and we invite folks to church on Easter Sunday morning. I would love to see both, both of our services, our 8.30 and our 10.30 service, I'd love to see both of those services packed full on Easter Sunday morning as we can share the gospel with them and invite them even to Christ, okay? So your goal is what? Your, your mission is to go out, help complete the mission, of sharing the good news about God's grace with all family members, co-workers, friends, neighbors. Invite them to church, ultimately inviting them to the Lord. So I want to talk about that. My mission number one. My mission number one is to invite other people to God's family. I want you to listen to what the Bible says in John 20 and 21. It says, As the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. Guys, do you realize that God the Father sent Jesus to carry out His mission? here on this earth, and that was the ultimately die for our sins. Just as God the Father gave God the Son a mission, God the Son now is telling us, hey, you have a mission. Just as God has sent me to carry out this mission, so I am sending you to carry out this mission of going out into the community and sharing the gospel, the good news, with others. Now, another verse I want to show you is in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Go ahead and put that on the screen if you will, please. Look at this verse. Here's how we do that. Whenever we start thinking about our mission and inviting other people into God's family, this verse is a huge verse. What are we to be? The Bible says, you are to be my... Everybody say that word in bold. Witnesses. Say it again. Witnesses. Now say it again and let it sink in. You're to be what? Witnesses. witnesses. Now we are to be witnesses. I'm going to finish the rest of it in just a moment, but leave it there. The Scripture says that we are to be witnesses. Now get this. We're not to be the judge, right? A lot of Christians love to put themselves in the seat of the judge and point fingers at folks and condemn folks and judge people. Listen. God didn't tell us that's our mission, right? We are not the judge. Really, we have no right to judge anybody, right? He's the ultimate judge. Our responsibility is to do what? Be the witness. So we're not to be the judge, nor are we to be the prosecuting attorney, right? That's not our role. But oftentimes Christians love to play the role of a prosecuting attorney, right? They love to bring a case against you and manipulate you and guilt you into whatever it is they're wanting you to do. God didn't tell us to do that, right? He said, I don't want you to be the judge. 
nor do I want you to be the prosecuting attorney. Get this. Nor does he want us to be the defense attorney. Guys, do you realize that God's Word can stand in defense of itself? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't study it. I'm not saying we shouldn't know it. We should study it. We should know it. But I don't have to go out and defend the gospel or defend the gospel to the whole world. The Bible can defend itself. When people really study for the truth of the Scripture, it will stand on its own. God says, all I want you to be is a witness. Now, what does a witness do? Talk to me. What does a witness do? A witness just simply testifies and says, this is what I heard, this is what I saw, this is what I experienced. So whenever you go out in, into the community and you get in your sphere of influence and you're talking to family and friends and co-workers and neighbors, unchurched folks, you're to go out and complete the mission. He's sending us out there to be what? Witnesses. Just sharing what Christ has done for me and for you. Right? We just go out and tell folks, hey, just let me tell you something good that's really taking place in my life. Man, I've come to know Christ. I, I am in a relationship with the Lord. Now listen, you may not have all the answers to all the questions. And a lot of times we'll not get into that conversation because of this fear of someone asking us something about theology or doctrine or the Bible and we don't have the answer to it, so therefore we just decide to say nothing. Well, let me tell you something. There will never be a day on this side of heaven that you will have all the answers to everything in the Bible. Because part of heaven is going to be a learning curve, a learning experience, right? There's going to be a lot of aha moments for us when we get to heaven. And we talk to the Lord about a passage of Scripture that maybe we have difficulty understanding here. We will know in fullness at that time, but not until, right? So listen, we've got to overcome that fear. I remember back when I was in Bible college, and I went to Trinity Baptist Bible College in Asheville, North Carolina, okay? And I'm there at Trinity Baptist Bible College, and my theology professor and became a personal mentor to me was Dr. Bill Day. And after classes, I would go into Dr. Day's office, and, and I would stay, and I went to, to evening. My, my classes didn't start till like 2 in the afternoon, and they would run to like 2 to 10. That's the shift of our classes when they went. And so when class was over at 10 o'clock and sometimes 11 o'clock, then I would go into Dr. Day's office and I would stay there sometimes till 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning and he would just be pouring information and, and mentoring me as a, as a young, young pastor at the time. And one of my fears that I had, and I was pastoring a church in my 20s and everybody in there had been a Christian longer than I had been living for the most part. And one of my fears was this. I'm their pastor. And whenever they come to me with a question in the Bible or theology or doctrine, I have got to know that. And so I had this big phobia, this fear of someone asking me something and I did not have the answers to the question. I mean, I really struggled with that. And finally, I asked Dr. Day about that and he said, here's what you need to tell him. And this will be the same thing that I would tell you whenever you have that fear of someone asking you something about the Scripture or theology or doctrine and you don't have the answer to it. Dr. Dave told me this. He said, here's what you tell them. You tell them, number one, that's a great question, right? Because really, in truthfulness, there aren't any dumb questions. A, a question's a question. There's people at different levels of knowledge. And so we don't need to belittle anybody for asking one that we feel like they should have basic knowledge of, right? Right? So all questions are good questions. So we say, listen, that's a great question. 
I don't have the answer to that question. But together, we will research together and go to whoever we have to go to and go wherever we have to go to discover the answer to that question. And then you get on a journey with them and you help answer that question. Right? So I want you to overcome the fear that you have to know everything about the Bible or know everything about theology or know everything about the doctrines of the Bible before you can engage in spiritual conversation. What I want you to learn, learn to do is just simply be a witness. Just go to somebody and say, hey, and in your conversation, you've already invested in them, you've built a relationship with them, it may be over lunch or it may be at break or it may be someone you're talking to, and, and say, listen, just let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. Man, I, I've just discovered this amazing thing called a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then just share your story. Share what it was you were going through when, when Christ revealed Himself to you or whenever you became a born-again believer or whenever you gave your heart and your life to Christ or maybe some experience that God has just brought you through and you share that with someone. That's really all we're doing. We're just sharing. Let me ask you this. How many of you guys, if you knew that gas was on sale right up here at the Moto Mart and it goes on sale this afternoon at 3 o'clock this afternoon, it goes on sale for 49 cents a gallon. Okay? How many of you guys, as soon as it goes on sale for 49 cents a gallon, number one, you're going to be there, but number two, you're going to reach out to your family and friends and loved ones and people that you care about and say, hey, gas is going on sale at Motomart, 3 o'clock this afternoon, 49 cents a gallon. You better get there early. Right? Why are we doing that? Because it's something good. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus is a whole lot better than 49 cents a gallon gas. Hello? And what we need to have is the same excitement and the same enthusiasm of telling people about Jesus as we have of telling people about 49-cent gas. Just be a witness. He's done some amazing things in my life. He's still continuing to do some amazing things in my life. And I just want to share that with people. Right? I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to condemn you. That's not my role. I'm not going to be your prosecuting attorney, nor am I going to defend you. I'm going to tell you the Bible says, yay, yay, nay, nay. Here's what it says. That's what we need to do. There you are. God's been good to me. Let me tell you what he's done. That's really all evangelism is, right? Sometimes we make it way too hard. We make it way too difficult. Now, I'm not against evangelism classes, and we've even done a lot of those through the years here, and we've had... We've had 10, 12, 15, 18 different verses of Scripture that you memorize. and You almost sound like a robot going into something. Listen, just be a witness, right? Just share what Christ has done in your heart with someone else. So that's our mission, okay? Now, where are we to do this? I, I've spent too long on this, so I'm going to have to speed it up a little bit, okay? All right, Charlie, go ahead and put my next slide up. Where are we to do this? Here's where we're to do this, according to Acts 1.8. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the world, okay? I know what you're thinking. I've got to get my passport because I've got to start in Jerusalem, right? I've got to take off and get to Jerusalem where I can start doing this thing that Jesus wants. No, no, no. He told them to start in Jerusalem because that's where they were. Are you with me? So where does the Lord want you to start? He, want you, he wants you to start in your Jerusalem. Where is your Jerusalem? That's your family. That's your friends, that's your inner circle, that's your, your co-workers right there in your Jerusalem, in your hometown, if you will, okay? Right there in the core, right there in the middle is where you start. So you start there. We all have family. We all have friends. We all have co-workers that are not in church anywhere. That's where we start sharing our mission, living out our mission and being a witness. And then we go to Judea. Where is Judea? 
That's a little further out from Jerusalem. So for us, that's a little further out from our core. Now we're going to extend to our counties, and we're going to extend even to the metro east area. So let me tell you this. Let's just say you're down in Columbia, Illinois, and you run across someone, and God allows your path to cross, and you build a relationship with them. Are you to still be a witness to them, even though it's probably too far for them to drive to come to Victory Church? Yes, because it's not about just inviting folks to Victory Church. It's about sharing the good news of the gospel with them, right? If someone's in Bethalto or Alton area or way up on the north side of Edwardsville, is that too far for them to drive? Well, I don't think a church alive is too far to drive. I think they could all make it here. But my point is, right, my point is don't let the boundaries just be what Victory Church can reach. It's about wherever you are. Be a witness and share the gospel and tell them what God has done for you. So then Samaria, we're going a little further out. That's extended counties. That's extended states. We're reaching all the way out, even across the United States, then ultimately the ends of the world. So our mission is to start at home, but it's to spread literally around the world. So we need to have a kingdom focus about all of that. So that's our mission. And what is our mission? Invite other people into the family of God. Number two is this. What is our message? Our message is the good news. All right? I've already alluded to this. Our message is the good news, the gospel. You know, in the good news, in the gospel, there's three amazing benefits that are there. The Lord is taking care of our past and our present and our future. And I don't have time to unpack this much, but go ahead and get the next slide up there. And here you'll see three major benefits of the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is this. God loves us. He sent His Son to die for us. Jesus lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. That's the gospel in a nutshell. Whenever we, by faith, trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, repent of our sins, ask Christ to come into our heart and our life, allow Him to be our Lord and our Savior, here's some of the benefits of that. Number one is forgiveness from our past. Three different areas that benefit us. Forgiveness from our past. All of our sins can be forgiven. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. There's no sin too small or nor no sin too great that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot cover it and you get forgiveness of it. So it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. One of the benefits is forgiveness of my sin. Amen? Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad now one of the benefits when God looks over the portals of heaven and He looks into your life, He doesn't see me, John Cannon, as myself. He sees His Son, Jesus Christ. He sees me clothed in the righteousness of Christ, not in my righteousness, not in my good works, but in the righteousness of Christ. That's one of the benefits. Another benefit is the purpose for living, and these are the correlating verses for that. Listen, the Lord has come to give us an abundant life, not a self-serving life, but He wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. He wants to give us a good life. Listen, one of the reasons why a lot of people commit suicide and, and crime and murders and a lot of different things because there's, they feel there's little value on life, and the reason they feel there's little value on life is because they don't think that anybody loves them, and they even think that they themselves are an accident or a mistake. Let me tell you something. Anybody that's ever been born has been born for a purpose. I don't care how the person was conceived. The fact that a child is born into this world, to me, is a miracle from God. God has a plan and a purpose for that person. So you're sitting here today, 
And I don't care what your past may be or what your history is or how it was you were raised. God has a plan for you. And God has a purpose for you. And God loves you. Amen? I am so thankful that every single day that I, I get up, I don't have to worry about, does God love me or does God have a plan? I know He loves me. I know He has a plan for me. And I'm trying my best to live that plan out every single day. So He gives me a reason to live. Amen? Not just forgiveness of my past, but a reason to live today. I'm not one of those Christians. Matter of fact, John Pratt reminded me of it. None of our praise team could come down to the, or, or band really could come down, with the exception of Paul, could come down to the men's retreat for our worship set So uh, for Friday evening service. And so I'm, I'm going through the hymnal and I'm trying to look some old hymns up and, and just we're just guys, we're just singing at acapella and it really turned out good and they did a great job singing. And, and so I'm in there early and I'm trying to find a hymn for some songs and, and John said, hey, why don't you sing that old song? It will be worth it all. He knows. Years ago, I told him in the hymn book, I don't like that song. Because that song, to me, is a song for a whiner. Just whining through life. And it kind of goes something like this. It will be worth it all. This is the way I hear it. When I see Jesus, life's trials seem so small. When I see Christ. You guys know that old hymn? I hate that. I really hate the strong word. I just dislike that hymn. It sounds like Jesus is good, life is miserable, but it will be worth it all. Right? I don't agree with that whatsoever. Jesus is good. He is amazing. A life can be amazing when we live it on purpose with Jesus as the primary source and core of our life and living our purpose in Him. Life can be good. Hello? And then heaven's going to be amazing. So that old song, please don't let anybody play that song at my funeral. No. Unless you want to get a good laugh, then you do have permission, okay? Just let everybody know I didn't like it, all right? Because life is good, right? There's purpose in living, right? Every day, even Monday mornings are good. Hello? What's the alternative? Horizontal, six feet under, right? Life's good. Number three, another benefit is a free ticket to my new home. What's that? That's heaven. What's my free ticket? Listen, it didn't cost me something, but it cost God's son his life. And there is a cost for the ticket, but I didn't have to pay it. Jesus paid it for me. And I'm the recipient of all that he did on the cross. Wonderful message we can share with folks. That's our benefits. Let me go to number three. I've got to get to the motive and the method, and I'm done. The motive is this. Why do we do this? We've talked about the mission. We've talked about the message. But what is the motive? Why should I even care? Why should I even want to do this, this invest and invite? Well, it's because of my love for the Lord and my love for others. Somewhat, somehow the question was posed to Paul, and he answered it in 2 Corinthians 5.14. And he said this. He said, the love of Christ compels me. Paul, what drives you to be the man you are? The love of Christ compels me. It drives me. Well, what is it that drives you guys? You see, if you don't have really a love for the Lord and a love for the things of God and a love for His church, you're just going to have a spirit of apathy. 
when it comes to evangelism and investing and inviting. And really, if you don't have a love for the Lord and a love for the church and the things of God, then really Easter is not even on your radar. You don't care who shows up Easter Sunday, right? Just as long as you get a new dress and you get a new suit. Who cares who shows up on Sunday, right? The love of self is driving you. Amen? They amen or me, but let me know you're listening, okay? But if the love of Christ compels us, then yes, we're concerned about who shows up on Easter Sunday morning. Right? We want the place to be packed. We want people to hear about Christ. We want them to come to the Lord. We want them to experience the goodness of the Lord. Right? It's the love for Jesus and the love that we have for others that motivates us and drives us. Well, what's our method? Number four, and I'll close with this. This is our method. Our method is show and tell or demonstrate and communicate. Okay? In other words, our method is simply to live the Christian life in front of people. Let them see how you handle difficult situations. Let them see how you handle stress. Let them see how you react to things, right? We're living our life out before people. And hopefully and prayerfully through the way we live, the way we act, the way we treat people, the things we say, people are watching, people are listening. Hopefully in that alone, they, they'll know there's something different about that person, right? They don't act and react like the world acts and reacts. And they may not know what it is, and that's where the tell part comes in. But they should see something different in your life, right? Hello? So ask yourself, can the world see something different in me? Do I act like the world and talk like the world and laugh at the things the world laughs at. And I'm not saying you've got to be a stick in the mud, but I am saying there needs to be something different about your life. They should see that in your life, right? And then the tell part. That's the demonstrate. Then the communicate, the tell. What is that? That's when you just invite them to Christ. You tell them what the Lord has done. You get back to the witness part of it there, okay? So this is our evangelism strategy. I'm going to ask the band to come on up, if you will, please. And, and I'm pretty much done, but I want you to think about that. Invest and invite. And here's what I'd like for you to do. I want as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. These are your action steps. Okay? And after I've just shared this with you, the whole invest and invite strategy, and it probably needs to be invest, invite, and invest, but for right now, invest and invite strategy. As I've shared that with you, let me ask you, who right now on your list of family co-workers, neighbors, in your inner circle, in your core? Are there folks that you know that, that really don't attend church anywhere? If so, right now, either on a piece of paper or on your phone or you can take notes or in the margin of your mind somewhere, I want you to write down one of those names or two or three of those names. Who are those people? Who are those individuals that don't go to church and you're not sure about their relationship with the Lord? I want you to write those names down. Type them into your phone. I know most phones, you can take notes in your phone, so type them in there. Now, go a little further out from your Jerusalem. Go out into your Samaria. 
Think about those folks you interact with. Think about the acquaintances you have. That individual at the Casey's General Store where you stop at the convenience store and get coffee or get gas. Think about the individuals at the pharmacy that you know, that you interact with to get medicine. A little further out into the, in the, into the community. Write, write their names down. Or just put clerk at Casey's. Whatever it is. People you interact with that you see. Write their, write their name down. Or type it into your phone in your notes. Now go a little further out. Think about people that may live in another county, in another state. You don't see them that often, but you know who they are. And write their name down. And then think about folks really all around the world. Write a few names down that you may know in that category. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this list. The first thing I want you to do, and every single one of us can do this. The first thing I want you to do is pray over that list of people. Pray over those names. And just ask God to touch their hearts and finger around in their lives and create a circumstance or some situations in their life that they'll be open to receiving the message from you, the invitation from you. So start praying for them. Okay? Number one is to pray for them. Number two, invite. Invite them. Invite them to church. If they're local and close enough that they can come to victory, that's an easy thing. Just come to church with me on Easter Sunday morning. Either the 8.30 or the 10.30 service. I'd love to see both of those services packed on Easter Sunday morning. Just give an invitation. Will you come to church with me? 8.30 or 10.30 at Victory. Send them a Facebook message. Go out and buy coffee and spend 10 or 15 minutes with them. Pick up the phone and give them a phone call and talk to them. Send them a text message. Whatever it is, just invite them. And if they're not close enough that they can come to Victory Church, then why don't you just let them know, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you that you can find a good church and encourage them to find a good church wherever it is where they live and, and go on Easter Sunday morning and, and make someone come to know Christ this Easter, either through here at Victory or around the world because of your efforts of praying for them and reaching them and inviting them to come to know Christ, to come to our church or a church. Invest and invite. But the only way any of that takes place is when we implement that strategy in our own life. Like we do any other strategy, we implement this spiritual strategy trying to reach folks with the gospel. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time together. Thank you, God, for the Word of God that helps us with this invest and invite strategy. Just building relationships with people, sharing life with people, checking in on them, seeing how they're doing, inviting them to church, inviting them to you, just being a witness, just telling others what we've seen and what we've heard, living our life in a way that brings honor and glory to you, not being a judge or a prosecuting or defense attorney, just being a witness of what you've done in our lives. God, I pray for the names that have been written down today. I ask you, dear God, that you would just start fingering around in their hearts and in their lives, create circumstances, create opportunities, 
in their life, that they'll be receptive to you. Father, I pray for our church family now that's going to be leaving the four walls of this church. and They're going to be out there inviting people to Victory Church on Easter Sunday morning. Father, I pray that folks would receive the invitation, that your house will be packed full that Sunday morning, and that folks would come to know you as their Lord and their Savior. And let me close this final prayer. If you don't know Christ as your Savior and you're sitting here today, that's where it begins. Realize He loves you. He died for you. He was buried for you. And He wants to redeem you today. And if that's you, just simply pray this prayer. And I want to help you with this prayer this morning. Just say, Dear God, I realize that my life is not where it needs to be. Either I need to be born again today or rededicate my life to you today. Whichever the prayer is. God, today I... I ask for your forgiveness. I repent of my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, just pray that you come into my heart and into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were buried and rose again. And I trust you today to be my Lord and be my Savior. I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.